0: What do you mean? Ghost is side of the Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking With Shadows, the conversation everybody has but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. And as always, a big shout out and a big thank you to those who support us on
1: Patreon. These valiant heroes who put food on my family's plate. If you guys uh, like the podcast and you guys want to show us some support, just go over to our Patreon and sign up today. Uh, Any support that you guys give us is always just brought back to you guys in the
0: form of much better content. And if you guys have been thinking, man, I'd really like to see what these handsome gents look like live, well, boy, do we have some news for you. That is right. We are going to be doing a live uh, taping of our podcast this
1: year at EvilCon 2020 here in Evansville, Indiana, the anime convention that
0: they have here in town every year. And we'll be discussing the topic of yokai.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So if you guys want, that is going to be March 21st of this year at the old National Center in downtown Evansville Here We're going to put up uh, more details on our Facebook so that
0: you guys uh, can come out and see us. Truthfully, man, I'm a little worried I might have oversold us. We're, we're not that handsome. I, I, we are, I know. We sound much cooler on here than we do in person. So if you guys are either ready to be horrified by what we actually look like or curious on what the heck a yokai is, you should show up. Uh, it's going to be a lot of
1: fun guys. Uh, just come out if you guys want to have a, uh, a great time with this. Yeah. It
0: should, it should be pretty fun. Yeah.
1: I have a gr- I mean, I go to it every year and I'm, it's, it's always fun to go out there and being able to do like an actual live podcast is something we've wanted to do. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. Ooh,
0: stakes are high. No chance to like edit or anything. <laughs> I know it just
1: straight through however we sound. <laughs> oh God save us. Oh man. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Oh, yes. But
0: also, uh, Vic, what is uh, today's black bag tip? Okay, guys. Today's black bag tip is every morning, swallow a bag with all the tools you need to escape from a bag put over your head. Train yourself to regurgitate them at a moment's notice. And train yourself to operate them with your tongue. They'll never see it coming. (laughs) Oh, that just sounds like a good way to choke yourself. (laughs) To choke? (laughs) Truthfully, I... Don't plan on doing this one myself, but hey, it maybe would work.
1: <laughs> if you guys want to try this, you may want to have somebody who is uh, training to the Heimlich
0: maneuver around, just in case. Oh, also guys, if you want to try it, don't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not going to work. It's no wear a big hat. <laughs> and I'm super excited for this episode today, man. We have
1: like a ton of... Of just weird stuff to talk about today. There's there's a lot of things that we wanted to, to cram into this episode today. First thing we want to do, uh, big stuff in the paranormal news. Actually, there was a big, uh, recent Bigfoot sighting uh, here in the U.S. It was really cool. Uh, I saw this March 4th, uh, 2020 in, and I was really surprised at the name of where this place was. It's King George County,
0: Virginia. Apparently, they never gave up being loyalists. <laughs> I'd say we should ship them back to Britain.
1: I, I don't know how you have a name like that in America in 2020. That's, I don't know how long that's lasted and that that hasn't just become
0: like MLK County or America Town County. Yes, that's right. Knock once for yes. Shots fired. I say we send them back to Britain <laughs> if they love King James so much. <laughs> oh,
1: man, this was weird. Um, so the report was this. Uh, So it was this man who uh always picks up his wife uh, really late at night. He said that uh he's up really late at night and within the last couple weeks he's been hearing these weird sounds out on his like seventy acre property that he has. He has this big forest that kinda runs adjacent to his property. And and one night while he's uh he's sitting out there, he's listening to these sounds, and it just doesn't sound like your typical Woodland sounds that you hear. Now, Vic, I'm sure you know what these sounds oh, yeah. sound like, you know, out there. Um, He's sitting out there and he's hearing these loud screeching sounds like animals in pain, like...
0: I don't know if, Are other normal sounds like that at night? I don't know when I was listening no, to No, no, that is, that is a rarity. I need to take you to the woods someday. <laughs> and it's not like the whole night's just screeching animal sounds. You know, now you just casually say that in conversation. Guys, Vic has been trying
1: to get me to walk like 30 miles out in the woods with him for almost as long
0: as we've been friends. Yeah, there's a lot of reports of weird paranormal stuff happening like way out in the woods and I've always really wanted to go out there and check it out, but that's not really the tr- a trek you go alone on. It's not. And I don't know if it's a trek that you take me on. Like I'm all for going and
1: investigating the paranormal stuff, but 30 miles into the woods is a is couple a days, bit, yeah, it's a yeah. couple
0: days hike. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring like a snack. Yes, we will be bringing food. More more than a snack. And water. <laughs> okay, back to King James County. Uh back to King James County. So this, he's hearing these weird sounds
1: that, that's going out there. And uh, one night, he's even sitting out there with his dogs, like these three pit bulls that he has, and like his dogs, like stand up to attention, like any good guard dogs are gonna do, or any good dogs out there on the farm. And then I think they either see something, smell something, probably, and then they're immediately cowed by this, like their tails go under their legs and they start whimpering.
0: There's two things I really like about just even the story up to this point is I think a lot of people don't realize most primates are not day dwellers. Most primates are nocturnal creatures by just by nature. And the other one is the I, what well, I imagine the dogs are picking up on is probably the smell. Cause we get there's reports all the time that big feet Bigfoots big, Sasquatches. There big, we go. Big feeties. It's, 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 <laughs> shut up, it's hard to <laughs> I really thought you were going to say Big Feeties. It's hard to pluralize that. But they they always supposedly have this horrible skunky smell. And that would be probably what the dogs would be picking up on. Oh my god. Could you, could you imagine how bad it would have to smell for three pit bulls to get cowled? I mean, I, I don't think it's that. I It had to be something that's an alien smell to them and something that made them think, uh, let's not mess with this thing. Well, I, I think
1: also people don't realize that a a primate out there in the woods like that living on its own probably has to be like an apex predator like out there. It has to be this big burly thing to be able to survive out there. So, I mean, this is a big creature that's out there. I
0: mean, it would have to
1: be an apex animal, but not necessarily a predator. Well, no, I could... for, sorry. I, I, I misspoke like saying predator, but like this, just this big, you know, when he goes somewhere, people get out the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, because most big feet are described as being like, you know, like eight, nine feet tall. And I don't think people understand how big that is. Like the average ceiling in a person's house is about eight feet. So
0: imagine seeing a giant primate that's like the size of your whole living room. But lowland gorillas are pretty big, too. And they get almost all their calories from leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they have um, a sagittal crest on the top of their head, because their muscles have to attach to the top of their head. That way they can chew, you know, leaves all day, because to get that many calories of leaves, you have to eat <laughs> a ton of leaves. Like, back when I was in anthropology, we had to do something called the chimpanzee diet, where we only ate the things that a chimpanzee would normally eat. In the wild. And it was like a handful of nuts, a handful of fruit, and then all the leaves we could eat. And it sucked. I can't imagine. I know.
1: I remember dieting and just having to eat just more salads. And I'm like, I can't do this. I, I'm going to die. I need to eat something. Ooh. So I just, that's a big creature that just just causes that sort of fear in creatures. And it eats
0: like leaves and roughage. That's, that's a- I'm just saying biologically... There's a possibility out mm-hmm. there. It would need some source of protein, right. but and and so I think we're gonna, oh I remember where I left off in the story. So you
1: know these ant, these these dogs are are cowed by this and they're whimpering and they're whining and then he hears this large snap like a large tree branch breaking out of the woods. <sighs> that just goes to show that really, oh, man. I always love like those Bigfoot stories that involve like some sort of like feat of strength of a Bigfoot. I don't know why. It's just super cool. And so the next day, he's coming back home, uh, picking up his wife, and then he's out driving up to his uh, driving up to his house, and then his lights flash across the the tree line, and then he gets these two giant eight foot high off the ground, just gleaming uh, b- greenish eyes that are staring at him from just from the woods, and, he's, and he he describes him as eight foot tall. With, like, this red, uh, furish body.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of a lot of... I think there's a Dogman story very similar to that, too, isn't there? Where a guy's pulling the car around and he catches sight of it just for, like, a short period of time. And it if I remember, like, stunned him into, like, a paralysis for a moment. hmm But, man, what, what, what do you think? I think... I think that most... When I read these stories, I think
1: the thing that always catches... People off guard is not realizing how big a Bigfoot actually is. Like they are giant of the creatures, and I think that's what takes people back. Because so many of these stories, they're like, they're they're doing whatever. They see this Bigfoot creature, they hear something, and then they're just frozen, just in sheer terror, or they're just fro, or they're just frozen for a moment, or they just book it.
0: Yeah, if we were going to compare it to something in the fossil record, it would be like a mega primate, like a Gigantopithecine or something like that. And like, if you guys want to look up a picture, these are big, <laughs> brutish-looking creatures. <laughs> man, it's uh, you would not want to see this walking out of a dark alley or something. No, weren't there also like uh, parts of the report where his son, like early in the morning, when waiting for the bus, would hear knock or wood knocking and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like uh, during the day too, like his son said that he would hear those sounds from the
1: from the woods too. Man, that's gotta be creepy, man. Living, especially if you live out in the country by yourself like probably more like an isolated area like a lot of people in rural areas do and then you think that there is this creature that's out there on your property That's going to be even more of kind of kind of like a chilling fear because like you know i, I know sometimes like if if you're out late night like in the dark and this fear starts coming over you fearing alone but then you see somebody else then immediately that, that fear kind of goes down a little bit because you know you're not by yourself like imagine
0: being out in the country like how much scary that's got to be just being out there being isolated one of the things that always strikes me odd on a lot of Bigfoot encounters is that they're almost always seen by themselves. In solitary lifestyles, that's not really a common thing among primates. Like, maybe we're just seeing the scouts, or maybe we're seeing people that have been left behind. But it just seems so strange that there aren't... I, I would think most of the accounts would be seeing them in a small pod. Mhm. But like, because if you, because again, we're, we're very social creatures and primates are very social
1: mm-hmm. creatures. So anything that's going to be by itself is probably going to be probably something that's more aggressive. That's why it made me believe more of the stories. Like when we did the video on the, on poor, like Alaska and we were talking about Bigfoot yeah. stories up there and I'm there and like in Alaska Bigfoot are much more aggressive. Like, and they'll, they'll you know, they'll, they'll mess somebody up. <laughs> like uh, they're um, they're going to ruin your day.
0: Alaskan, Texas, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Bigfoot. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, and, and that makes sense, yeah, but, like, in these, like, uh, uh, northwest and, like, you know, and then, like, in the Virginia area, too, you, you, you get these just solitary
0: Bigfoot stories, and it's just odd that you don't see them in groups. I know there's some non-social primates, but if I remember right, it's the really dumb ones. <laughs> like, I think, like, we're talking on, like, the low end of primates, where we're talking, like, leaner, lemurs, and I think, uh what are they called Tarpiers or something like that. Um, but I want to say like intelligent primates are pretty much always social. I at least can't think of one off the top of my head that's not social. I've heard Bigfoot hunters
1: talk a lot more about finding uh, big feet uh, and talking about seeing more evidence of like pods like 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 groups of them like groups
0: of them together. I mean, they would have to be gathering. If we're assuming it's a biological entity, and I know there's a lot of theories out there on the spiritual or mystic sides of uh, Bigfoot. But if we're talking about it just as a biological being, I really think it would need a decent sized community, at least something, say, at least 20 individuals on the low side. Mm hmm but maybe they're really really smart at keeping like the central part of their pod really 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 deep in the woods and maybe we're just seeing scouts and gatherers yeah that would that would that would that would make sense cuz you you want to you know when it comes to the
1: paranormal and and how we research and how we do things if you start piecing all of these stories together you start seeing a pattern behavior unfortunately like a lot of the bigfoot stories are th- sightings of them by themselves. But there's a lot of them that are just them scavenging and looking around and things like that. Like like well, lo- like
0: they're looking for stuff. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, primates are pretty curious, except for the really dumb ones. <laughs> like for the most part, if they see something they don't understand, they're going to try to at least spend a little bit of time figuring it out. <laughs> How smart do you think Bigfoot is? Uh, I think he is...
1: I think they'd have to be on par, probably, with
0: somewhere between chimpanzee and gorilla. I I would almost say it'd need to be smarter. Like, to stay this elusive... Well, first, they're surviving in a biome that does not normally have surviving primates. That means that they're going to have to develop a lot of unique skills because they're fulfilling a unique niche that isn't necessarily super advantageous for them. Beyond that, they're a megafauna, and humans in the in the like fossil record we're really good at killing big things that's why we don't have woolly man that's still around we killed them all <laughs> like we hunted those things to extinction back when we only had throwing spears and yeah. stuff like that we came up with this really cool concept of if we take this sh- sharp stick and stand 10 feet back and throw it we survive a lot better. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, like most megafauna, get wiped out. And beyond that, it, the bigger the creature, the highest, the higher the amount of caloric value it needs. The more clever it needs to be, the stronger it has to be in general as a species. So I almost would say it probably need to be fairly intelligent. Maybe not necessarily human level of intelligence. Or I would think that we would see more with things like loincloths and more of them using tools, but. I'd say you would have to be probably smarter than, like, a chimpanzee or bonobo. At least that's my initial thought. But it, it's, it's got to have, a, have at least learned
1: human behavior enough that it's become successful enough at avoiding human contact for the majority. Because, again, there are so many stories of Bigfoot
0: out there, but we never found a body. Yeah, but do you know how rare it is, like, to find the body of a bear, even in areas where you know for a fact there are bears? How how is it? It's very rare. The thing is, like, the woods is actually very good at breaking down a body. The first thing that's going to happen, scavengers are going to rip them up into tiny pieces, rain's going to wash them into valleys, and then they're going to get ground up pretty quick. I mean... I've never really thought the where's the body argument is all that great. If we're talking about something that's there's not already a lot about there, it makes sense for us not to have necessarily found a body. It's not like it's going to die and just sit there perfectly preserved.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, this isn't like the, bo- the ocean argument. This is a harder one f- to sell to me because I remember being a kid going to the children's museum all the time and yeah, we don't find bodies of bears, but we found
0: enough to put them up in children's museums, like taxidermy. I think true. the, the taxidermy animals are pretty much always; those are brought down by hunters. You don't find a bear carcass out in the woods and take it to the children's museum yeah. and make that <laughs> thing. Those are those are people went out and hunted that animal. <laughs> they are there are Bigfoot hunters. How, how little do you know about the woods? No, what
1: I'm saying is, is that that we have at least found one enough to shoot it and like a bear and then put it up and taxidermy. So, oh no, that, that's, that's true. And they're a
0: bigfoot. this, this just sounds like you're making a bad case for bigfoot hunters. Like they suck. <laughs> well, okay. the thing is we're probably talking about a population smaller than bears and bears aren't super common and they would have to be extra elusive if they're working in groups. And we would have to be working with a relatively small population spread out over a large distance of wilderness. Oh my gosh! I know what we should do. We should become Bigfoot conservationists. No, no. Okay, first, Bigfoot really isn't our bread and butter. We we, <laughs> no, like, it's to, not, we no. like to we like to kind of go into some of the weirder areas. Beyond that, to be honest, when it comes to Bigfoot, I don't know exactly where I stand. I stand somewhere in between the this is a biological creature and. There's probably some weird stuff going on. We might be talking about some sort of <laughs> dimensional hopping Bigfoot. I, I I just don't really know exactly where I stand no. on this thing. No, just think about it. We could be wearing some sports coats. Uh,
1: we could be dressing nice, wearing glasses, going to people and talking about, look, we we need to talk about Bigfoot conservation. There are tons of Bigfoot sightings, but we but their population is so low, we don't even have any to put in museums. Like, this is a problem. That means their population has to be in endangered, like critically endangered.
0: I really feel like we're going to get kicked out of a lot of places. Yeah. But it might be fun to talk about on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fun idea to talk about, but I think we don't quit our jobs yes. just yet. Yeah, like Marcus and Vic went into the Sierra Club and got kicked out <laughs> for saying we need to protect Bigfoot. Oh goodness. <laughs> Oh, man. Actually, also, this would, I think, make Bigfoot the only North American primate that, besides humans. With a, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I can't think, think of any North American I, primates. I can't think of any either. Maybe, maybe skunk ape? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Devil can't, monkeys? Devil monkeys. They're, they're all cryptids. Yeah, though. they're... Yeah. But, and it could, one could argue that they're all just Bigfoot in some way, shape, or form.
0: Maybe. Or maybe. just a, or primates from zoos. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, let's let's get into our br- our bread and butter. Yes, let's man. get to the meat of it. Oh,
1: that's true? We got another. okay. So, um, a story that I wanted to bring up is something in the paranormal that I I love looking into. Giants, I love giants, giants stories. They're so cool. I don't know why I get drawn to them all the time. Stories of Nephilim and these just these tall these tall beings. You know, Curse of the Giant Hunters. Absolutely love them. So I thought it'd be really cool to talk about a giant story, uh,
0: the Giant of Kandahar. Have you ever heard of this story before? Only, a, only in passing. I've not really ever chewed the fat on it or really heavily researched it. I'm aware that it's out there, mm. but I'm not super knowledgeable on it.
1: Yeah. So I had heard a lot of stories ever since the uh, war in Afghanistan. Here, there have been. Rep- Wait, was was this on coast to coast? Yeah, this was on Coast. Okay, to I, th- yeah, yeah. I think I think I might have watched the episode on Coast to Coast. Yeah. So ever since ever since uh like the one in Afghanistan in the paranormal these stories have been coming out of these people seeing giants in the in the hill and the mountains of Afghanistan and people coming back with stories of these things. And yeah, this story got put it was on Coast to Coast. There's been uh it's been featured in books, it's been featured in uh and uh, oh, oh god. I can't remember the other guy's name on another, another talk show, and I couldn't remember the story up until a few days ago. And I'm like, this would be a cool idea to talk about. So a little a little bit after 2002, this story breaks. Um, a guy calls in to this radio show t- and claims to be a soldier uh, during the Afghan war. And he said that he was part of a military group that was sent to look for a missing patrol out in the Kundahar region in Afghanistan, so him and his unit are out and they're on patrol and they're, and they're looking for this patrol that's gone missing. And while they're out in the movie and they're moving, they come around this this trail. They're going along of this. They come to this big opening in a cave, and outs, uh, and outside the cave, it's just littered with bones uh, of human remain bones. And immediately they're freaked out. And they think that this could be some sort of an animal that's out there. This could be some sort of enemy area that's, that, that's set to ambush them. So they immediately go into this defensive formation um, to, to watch out for some kind of an attack. And then it starts getting weird because they start seeing uh, pieces of their radio equipment, like, of, like U.S. servicemen radio equipment out there. And then before they know it, they start hearing these sounds coming from the mouth of the cave. And then stepping out from the cave is this 12 to 15 foot tall, 1,100 pound giant. And he's got flaming red hair. And they described it as like his hands were like his fingernails were pointy. And he's carrying a giant spear in one hand and a shield in another. Like just something from David and Goliath. Like the story. Like, like obviously ter- like terrifying these guys and you know he's, he roars at me he's yelling and they can tell that he's got two giant rows of teeth and they're you know they they actually respond how I think that most people probably do respond
0: when they see oh, something like this let is, me guess they shot yes, it yes
1: they did they started shooting the hell out of this thing and it runs over and it actually impales one of the soldiers it actually kills one of their members uh, of their unit, and they're just shooting this thing until finally they start shooting the dead, and they're shooting it for a good thirty seconds until they finally take it down. And then they they call for a, a radio pickup for for them to come get uh, you know evac down to there. And these two large helicopters that are coming up, and they load the giant onto one, and they get loaded into one, and then they fly off. And when they get back, what happens is they get debriefed, and the higher command don't seem super concerned about the story and they just swear them to secrecy and tell them, don't talk about it to anybody. Okay. That's quite the
0: ride right there. I I
1: know. And this is just so bizarre of, of a story. And, you know, initially I'm coming out thinking that it's like, there's only this is true, but it's, but it's come out like at least like three different people have come forward claiming to be part of this, particular group and I think even one of the pilots of the helicopters I think I think he was interviewed um by one of the guys that was on the that was on coast to coast at the time and about them talking about about about
0: encountering these giant out there okay my first question is this was it like did they ever give a description of the spear and shield? Or are these like carved me- metal? Or are these worked objects? Or is this just a sharp stick and a hide? No, no. So, uh, in one of the reports that I was talking about, it, it was uh, it was one of the guys who was interviewing
1: uh, one of the the service member guys. He he brought a a replica of a uh, of this like giant spear tip that was like I think it was like three four feet long, like the tip. Ooh. Yeah, it's a big tip. And he shows it to the serviceman because it was it was uh, you know what? for that you don't need anything more than the tip. No, you don't. The tip will do. The tip will do the job. But okay, okay. <laughs> and it was really funny because he's handling like you know, this is obviously way too big. Like and he's being goofily like falling over for for somebody to wield. I'm like you know, no shit. <laughs> Just like you know. And it was a a replica of one that like there's like Native American tribe here. Uh, in the United States, was talking about it, saying when they reported talking about seeing giants, and they and from artifact they found, they made a replica and they gave it to this guy, and they were saying that yes, this is
0: a very similar to like design that it was. So was it a was it a metal tip? Yeah, it was metal. What, what about the shield? Was it metal or hide, they, or did they say? They
1: didn't describe the shield a lot in the encounters. They said that it had one. Um, but I didn't get a whole lot, actually, on uh, information on the shield when they told the story.
0: I know I'm getting caught up in details here, but I, I, know, that, I know that was just one of the first things I thought that seemed like a big question. Yeah, it... <sighs> so is the theory that, like, they're going out there and this may have taken out the previous patrol? I don't think that this group was sent to
1: actually kill this thing. I think that they didn't know this patrol had disappeared. But I think that there was a lot... There's a lot of accounts, at least in the paranormal, of people saying that, like, upper echelons of the military government here know that these things are out there in the mountains of Afghanistan.
0: Yeah, and I've heard stories about um, the Smithsonian uh, trying to suppress uh, the history of giants here in America. hmm It's not something I've super studied, but I have heard of it. hmm and if you look at, like, a lot of the history, like,
1: like biblically, too, like, the story of, like, the Nephilim from, like, the Bible and stuff. Like, where these things are supposed to be. And the, the men of renown. And, yeah. Where they're supposed to be from. They're supposed to be
0: from this area, you know, of the world, like, like out there. How many people were supposed to have been in this squad? Six. Like, six or seven. Man, six people shooting for 30 seconds to bring this thing down. That's, that's a lot of bullets. Yeah, that's a that's a... <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of shots and I'm assuming they had machine guns. Mm-hmm. Man. You know, the first thing that that up guard is like two rows
1: of teeth in this giant. Like the first thing that I thought of it's kind of back like when we were talking about in in last in, in the epi- in the last episode we we're talking about like more eels and that's what mm-hmm. they have them
0: rows of teeth is for that. So they could like swallow stuff more and like latch on like that. Wait, did, did you or, uh, Okay, you're just throwing out this two rows of teeth thing. I don't think you mentioned this already. They had what? Yeah, they had two rows of teeth. I told you this. He wasn't listening. That's that's what. It was. Okay, so is this like of? Is this like shark's teeth? Where no, no, no. like human like esque
1: teeth, like human esque teeth that like when they said that it was like Galenium and roaring that it had two row that two like separate rows of teeth in its head, like just one in front of the other. Yeah,
0: that's that's weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Well it, it also had and a detail that I forgot too was that also
0: supposed they also things had like six fingers on each hand and six toes as well. That that makes a little more sense to me. Cause I mean, if nothing else, that's gonna give you a higher grip strength and it's that's a, a rocky region. So yeah, I kinda get that part, but I'm not really totally sure on what is two rolls of teeth even good when they're set up like that? I have no like. It's gonna be better for grinding. I I guess that's true. Like
1: maybe that old adage, grinding your bones to make my bread, but like grinding in your like grinding your bones to
0: make my bread, but like in your teeth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm starting to fun And I guess like if you need a stronger pull strength, I guess that would help there too. It's just I've never really thought of having two rows of teeth just straight back to back. Because usually when you're talking about additional rows of teeth, they're kind of like. If you think of a shark's mouth, there's the front row, which is all straight up. And then the next ones are kind of bent back and back and back and back. So, like, new ones can just pop up when you lose them. Well, I mean, these guys didn't a good chance to look at these things. So, maybe that's what it was. Is it was
1: designed kind of like a shark's head. So, these teeth, like, it would be more advantageous for these, you know, for these giants to
0: have these teeth. That'll just get replaced easier. Yeah. So, and maybe it was something like that. And that would make a lot of sense. I, and I kind of wish humans had <laughs> teeth that worked like that. So when we lost a tooth, like a week later, we just had a new one just pop in. I was, so I was, I was researching these studies that was, cause I, the first thing that
1: I want to know is, would it be more advantageous to have six fingers on a hand? And there's been studies that have been done. And the only thing that they can really say in these studies is people with that are born with six fingers, which, by the way, is way more common than you think. Like one out of every thousand people is born with a sixth finger. Really?
0: Yes. Wow, that is a lot higher it's, than. It's five hundred
1: to, to a thousand. It's it, it are fairly kind. I cited I two different studies. It was crazy, and they they said that when they've done studies on these people, that. It, you you have to use more of higher brain uh, functions, like more brain function to to utilize all these different fingers, but that you're just so used to using it, it's no problem. And you can do more dexterous things. That's about really all the research that we've ever really done on this.
0: Yeah, I'd still have to think this would be great for like grabbing someone. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I really feel like this would give you a, a like a much higher grip strength. Mm. So, like, I guess if they're more naturally adapted towards, like, grappling, maybe that maybe that would make a lot of sense. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. And if it's a very hilly re- region, uh, that, that sixth uh, toe makes sense, especially if they have, like, kind of a wide and flattened foot. Well, it also would be good for people that are trying to be
1: craftsmen as well that are trying to build things or climb because Afghanistan is a very mountainous yeah. area. I mean, it, there's mountains all over that thing to climb around up in there. So it would be more advantageous for you probably to be climbing. You could probably get a better grip climbing around up there.
0: It's freaky. Well, the other thing is these guys would have to be fairly intelligent to be crafting metal weapons. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I'd almost even say you would need other people. Like, I don't think this could be an isolated creature unless it found these weapons. I'm
1: thinking that's like it's like I'm thinking of them as like Tony Stark. Like, <laughs> in, like, the massive of Afghanistan, making, like, the Iron Giant
0: suit down in there. Like, I feel like there would need to be a, a society to, like, you know, pass on blacksmithing skills and things uh-huh. like that. And I don't like the idea that there's a society of big, <laughs> mean giants who will just, you know, try to get you. <laughs> That's going to burst out one day and become the Iron Giant with whatever they've built but Down I'm, in there. There are tons of these stories, like, everywhere. I know there's stories like this in Australia, in Russia, in North America, South America. I mean, these stories of these red-haired giants kind of are from everywhere. I really wonder, what what's with this common theme of, like, red hair? Like, even in, like, American Indian myths, they usually have red hair. I don't... <sighs>
1: Maybe it's, like, they're all from, like, the same... It could be maybe they're all from, like, the same same lineage. Like, if they have that that small of a gene pool, like, they're just all from, like, just from that small that they only have red hair. I mean, red hair is supposed to be a recessive trait, so
0: there'd have to be a lot of those genes within them for them to have it. It would have to be more than that, though. It would have to be that, and they would have had to have spread out over a short period of time. Because think about it. Um, Humans most likely all originally had black hair. But then we spread to different parts of the world, and then we've adapted to those different areas, places where um, there were less sun. We didn't need the black hair, so it started. We started losing the pigmentation in our right. hair, and they became blonde. And we ended up with like tons of different shades. But that's just because we had time and new difficulties, and I, they would have had to spread in a short period of time, mm-hmm. or would have had to been. Like, very necessary for them to have that red hair. Well, there's also stories,
1: like when it comes to these giants as well, that they they interbreed with humans as well.
0: So, I'm wondering if people... I'm wondering. That just muddles it even more, because you would think that... Okay, okay, they, we've just unpacked a whole box. Because, A, oh. if they are interbreeding with humans, that means we are a singular species. That we are the same species as them, because what determines if you're in the same species is can you produce a viable offspring. And that would mean we're very closely related, and but I would even I would think that would reduce the likelihood of them having red-haired children. Uh, like the offspring, you'd think would have a variety of hair colors.
1: No, I was gonna make it even more simple than that. I was gonna say maybe that means people that are born with that sixth finger likely have this awesome giant DNA in them or something like that. That's that's
0: actually pretty cool. I
1: know, right? I'm like like you could be descended to one of these people of great renown or
0: something like that. Oh man, oh, like man. this. This is this is creating a lot of questions for me. And they would have had to have come from a single area, spread quickly, uh, and would be an, uh, a very close relative of humans. Because like I know we were able to interbreed with Neanderthal. We know that for a fact. And Neanderthal were definitely larger than humans, but not by like the numbers. Because you're talking like around twelve, thirteen feet tall, right? Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way. For people
1: again out there because we remember we're, we're talking about that bigfoot story earlier and people not realizing what it's like to see somebody that's like eight feet tall remember most uh, uh living room ceilings are eight feet tall so add about half of that again and now you can actually you can picture in your head how big this giant would have to be okay flipping huge that's huge that's that's a lot of that's a lot of red hair six fingered angry
0: stankiness coming at you. I'm assuming it's not... Oh, actually, no, I know some of these stories. and a lot of these stories, it's them taking human women. But you would think a human woman would not be able to su- uh, support, like, the baby. Like, you would think that... You, uh, assuming that they're still abnormally large when they're babies, you would think that a human female would not be able to support it through yeah. the pregnancy. Or at
1: least would definitely kill it, kill them at birth. Or maybe that's some weird, weird like that where it's just normal and then it just rapidly accelerates by like age four
0: or five maybe i mean pandas are large creatures and the thing is like they start out smaller than your pinky so i it's not impossible but the thing is if they're so closely related to humans that means like if we're closely or if we're, if we're close enough to be related to them that we can procreate and create viable offspring together they're definitely not throwing out any majorly different adaptations like i don't think accelerated growth is going to be like like that where uh-huh. it's I, I really think that it would be one of those things where it would have to at least kill the mother. Mm. You'd think it would work a lot better there stealing the men. No, I'm I'm am I'm stuck on the, the US government like keeping these
1: under wraps. Because that's prevalent in tons of these and tons of things. I wanna know like what why would the US why would governments go so
0: far to cover up stories of giants? That's a really good question. What I, I guess my first thought would be, they don't want us to know that there's another species of human out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thought would be maybe the people in charge of the Illuminati are giants, and they just don't want everyone to know about it. I was <laughs> like, we can't talk. Maybe the giant that,
1: that popped out in Afghanistan was like a dumb one. That's just Larry, <laughs> the dumbass giant. <laughs> they're like, and they're like, no, 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 we got to cover this up. Larry was dumb, got himself shot.
0: He's like uh, he's, he's he, they're they're kind of like Amish except yeah. they go further back. <laughs> uh, no, I think some of the uh, some of the reports that people were
1: saying were that allegedly these giants are supposed to be like the nephilim of old, and what the government is doing is anything that they're doing that could sort of verify or confirm any sort of Judeo-Christian esque belie- uh, you know, you know, belief. They're gonna be covering it up because it doesn't fit within the natural Darwinian evolution theory that's being pushed. That was
0: that's what people say. Not me personally. I like I really don't think that that would necessarily hold them back because they could just you could just as easily say, "Oh, the people who wrote the Bible were aware of this other branch of humanity and worked it into their stories." Mm-hmm. Like you, they could easily say that. I don't think that would be a motive for covering. It. I, Maybe they'd be worried that it would throw them into a panic, especially if they're like widespread and still out there. I mean, there are stories from I want to say around the twenties th- and thirties. I-, I didn't realize we were ge- we we're getting into this specific <laughs> stuff today, or we've done a little further research on it. But there are stories from people from I, I believe around the twenties and thirties saying that they were going out exploring caves in America and found creatures like this. Mm. And I know that the stories of these red-haired giants are really everywhere. I, I, heck, I heard someone talking um, earlier this year on Mysterious Universe about these stories in Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing, too, you're talking about being, uh, like, afraid.
1: Like, these, most of these giants st- stories often involve them eating people or at least being very aggressive. And could you imagine, like, the panic in people thinking if they went out into the world and if they went past a cave, they could be, like, eaten or killed by a giant? I'm just adding that to the list of the reasons I don't want to go 30 miles out into the woods with you, because
0: now we may run into some sort of giant out there. But, I don't have enough bullets for that. I just don't. Where would these things be hiding? <laughs> like, that, that's, that's my first big issue here is, where where—where are these guys? <laughs> where are
1: the giants hiding? <laughs> like, I mean, it, they're, they're giants. You sounded so shit. Where are these giants <laughs> Hiding out there in their caves with their <laughs> spears and their shield. Their red hair. They're out there just plotting with their twirling <laughs> their red hair their red beards.
0: Okay, I didn't mean to say it like that. But <laughs> that is what it, you sounded like. I feel like it just hit me. How would these guys stay elusive? I mean, and clearly they'd be smart if they're at least creating metal tools. But where, where do you have these people? I and mean, maybe... Maybe they were everywhere and we've just kind of wiped them out in pretty much before the modern era, except for in certain isolated parts. Oh my gosh, I got it. They're fighting Bigfoot.
1: <laughs> the giants of old are fighting the Bigfoot of the Bigfoot of
0: today out there. I mean, what color hair is Bigfoot often described as having? Having red hair. Maybe there's a connection. There right? is
1: a massive ginger war going. In the tunnels of Afghanistan and the woods of America.
0: I know. Doesn't your wife count as a ginger? She does. You should ask her about this. See oh what she guys. knows. There is a ginger war that's going on deep that we do not know about. I Okay, they're usually seen around caves. And that's another weird thing. They're awfully big to be like hanging out all the time in caves too. I don't know. I really like this story, but it just raises so many questions for me. Like, I get it, like, in Afghanistan, which isn't a super heavily populated area. There's lots of mountains. I can see them potentially being able to hide a society up there. And in other, like, really isolated parts of the world. But I'm now thinking about, like, some of the stories of North America. I think, I think if they're around. I don't think they're in North America anymore. Yeah, most of the stuff, that most of
1: the stories that you hear about here are just bones and... Uh, just and things the, that happened back in the day, yeah, so. you know. Yeah, more modern like sightings of them are actually like more like out in the Middle East, because that was one of the things that these guys were saying. Is they you said know, the soldiers were talking to the locals, The locals were like, "Oh yeah, they're out there in the mountains. We don't go out there because they eat people."
0: So like, there, there are other accounts besides this one.
1: Yeah. So the in the story that I was listening to about these things, what they were saying was they were saying that the soldiers were talking to the locals. And the locals were saying out that they they know about these giants. They live out there, you know, in in these mountains and stuff like that. Now, on the same token, at the same time, he also said that this was like super common knowledge amongst like military servicemen that have been out in Afghanistan. And I've talked to like two of our you know coworkers that have been to Afghanistan that were in the military. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but or maybe they maybe they maybe it was classified. I don't know.
0: But I mean, still, yeah, okay, if. Everyone knew about it. There's going to be a certain percentage that's going to talk, and it's going to be higher than what we currently have. I would imagine if it's true, this had to be at least a somewhat guarded secret. Yeah, I'm. In all fairness, I'm just saying. Okay, you're a U.S. service member
1: out in a war zone. The this, I'm I'm fairly positive. You know, survivab- You know, survivability and going home and surviving is going to be like the forefront of your mind, like all the time. And so you're probably going to be talking about the things you should be watching out for. I think 12, 15-foot giant it would probably make the rounds. Here's a good question.
0: How the heck did it take out a squadron? Probably, probably ambushed them. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. I almost feel like it would have had to have been like using ambush tactics or caught them in a situation where their pants were down or got them in a disadvantageous area. Well... Imagine if it jumped out and, I mean, keep in mind, if this thing is wielding a spirit that's as tall as this
1: 12 feet, how far it could stand out. You could swipe with that. Like, if you did, like, a a large reach and hit a lot. I mean, you could could take out a lot of people doing that. Just with blunt
0: force trauma alone. Because, and even being, like, a little bigger and just slightly a little off biologically can really change how much damage you can take. Like, uh, when discussing, like, Neanderthals compared to humans, one of the things that really comes up is neanderthals were smarter than humans in most ways and a lot of people ask why is it that we survived but neanderthals kind of fizzled out well one of the main reasons is they were bigger and tougher than us and that caused them to not need to develop new weapons the neanderthals did not need to have bows and throwing spears to go out and hunt a megafauna animal they they (laughs) seriously could go up to them and fight them in close combat with spears because they were big enough and strong enough that they could they could handle a hit from a large animal and uh yeah they're not going to feel good from it but it's not going to kill them so they didn't have to come up with like these long range st- strategies and then but humans we had to because we are we cannot go up and take a hit from a cave bear we will die. <laughs> So our, so we had to develop, just through necessity, bows and throwing spears and atlatls and all that sort of stuff. Yep, so, in, so if you want to break
1: that down even more, in World of Warcraft terms, Neanderthals are the warrior and the fighter, and Homo sapiens, we are the hunter. <laughs> Which is why we developed dogs, man, best friend, because they're our
0: pet. Like I really would even guess that he probably, if he had to throw the spear, probably wouldn't have been that great. But he probably, he probably never needed to develop the adaptation for that. True. I wonder if a sixth finger would help, though. I don't know. With what? With throwing? With throwing? Eh, maybe. It,
1: well, you know, if you can do more dexterous things, and I would think I think
0: maybe it would help you. Like, you got a good firm grip for being able to like be more accurate. I mean. Think about a, an adolatel. It's basically you're adding a additional um, little, uh, just a slight bit of extra length to throw a spear. Adolatel. Is that, that a lizard? Oh, my goodness. No, that's an axolotl, one of the best animals. And it's not a lizard. It's a uh, salamander. Oh, okay. But, and okay, for those of you who don't know what an adolatel is, it's was this really important invention really early on in uh, human development where it's kind of like this curved, almost spoon-like thing. And you slide your spear onto it, and then it helps you whip your spear super, super, super far. And it let us like, actually throw spears from a really long distance accurately. I think most people know what an adalatte is. Did you Did you know what an adalatte was? Nah, I knew what it was. I was just making. Oh, I, was okay. making a, okay. I was
1: making a joke at the. Ex- I was making a joke at the expense of that.
0: I know. I know. I tend to kind of go off on weird tangents sometimes. I <laughs> like you're like, you're
1: like scooping it up and hurling, and it's like
0: the lacrosse. of... Oh, just so you know, I really did not describe that well. Just look up what an adalatte is. They are kind of hard to describe. Okay, you guys, look up a picture of it, and then you guys put in the comments below how you would have described it. <laughs> Since we are comparing to Bigfoot, I have a question for you. Hmm. Could these things be a different species of Bigfoot? Not a different species, a different uh, line of Bigfoot that just don't have hair. And I guess would also be a little bit bigger.
1: Well, it's possible. I think, you know, I think that a Bigfoot with the strength that they have been. Said to demonstrate, could do what the giant was described to do. I think they could, and human memory is um, famously bad. Okay, so you know, and our ability to to accurately describe how tall something actually was. And keep in mind they're outside, so you know their their frame of reference might be a little skewed. But so this thing could have been described to be bigger than what it was it
0: could have been just something that was just nine feet tall that was just towering over them and especially when someone's running at you with a spear i can see in the moment uh misjudging something right so but still nine feet tall that's really freaking no yeah i'm not dismissing
1: you know but they probably didn't take their tape measure out and they probably knew how much it weighed which was 1100 pounds which is probably accurate because if the thing was lifted up by a helicopter the helicopter
0: probably had to know how much this thing weighed, so... But, but we know it's not Bigfoot because of the sixth toe. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it couldn't be a relative. That's true.
1: And keep in mind, I mean, I don't... Are they normally... Are most giant stories, like, generally... I can't... Do they
0: normally have six or or, or six-foot fingers and toes? In truthfully... I'm not... That's not a detail that I'm, that I'm of familiar the with. most giant stories I'm familiar with, the toes are not really described. Um, like, they... Like, one of the ones I can think of off the top of my head, I don't remember the name of the story, but um, it's a Scott Irish story of um, two giants that were feuding. But, like, nowhere in the story does it talk about how many toes and fingers they had. It's just a story about, like, giants feuding. Think about. uh, the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, at what point do they divert from the story to say specifically how many (laughs) fingers and toes and rows of teeth the giant had? Did you imagine being interviewed by this guy? Like, can you tell me how many fingers it has? I'm like,
1: no, because I was concerned because it was 14 feet tall. (laughs) You know, I missed that. I missed counting its fingers, there. I apologize. Maybe. Yeah. So maybe it having a six-finger, six-toe is just a normal adaptation, you know, a normal... Um... Uh... Like just adaptation? No, not an adaptation. of... I'd assume it'd be um, part of his natural development, or maybe it was just a physical deformity that it, oh yeah, that, that, it had. that I they mean, just it, happened to run into one that had yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we just happened to. I mean, we we know how more popular, common that it is here. You know, like for
0: humans, than than what we thought.
1: Maybe it could be for giants too.
0: I still think. I still the think if, it, if odds are, it probably if that is what they encountered, odds are that is probably typical for it. Like you never think, oh, this one only had one head, but maybe, maybe the regular one has two. I, mean, it's always possible that the first thing you encounter is something that has a mutation. That's always a possibility, but that would be an outlier possibility.
1: That would sucked, too, because you know, now that's gonna make you like it look like that's what you that's what you have. You know, okay, oh this is like one of my friends who always says that he he would never want to be like one of the people in the future. You know, like, we always find, like, Neanderthal bodies or whatever, like, back in the day, then we just kind of describe, like, we sort of extrapolate, like, what they are based on, like, on that. I have a friend that always says he doesn't ever want to be that guy, because, like, what if we, like, what if he gets, like, hit by a bus, like, on Halloween? (laughs) Like, in the future, everybody thinks we all just lived on candy. (laughs) We're all dressed like Miley Cyrus,
0: like weird stuff like that. Like No, no, no. Scratch that. That's how I hope we're remembered. I really hope they get... The only snapshot they get of this era in time is Halloween night. And I hope that's just what, what they think our society is. Every night, everyone gets in a costume and goes house to house to get candy. And that's just, that's just how these people worked.
1: Now imagine if we really are being like ruled behind the shadows by this council of Illuminati, like, that of giants. And they're like, crap, they found dumbass Larry. <laughs> that's got, like, six fingers
0: and six toes and never was assured and never pays. Truthfully, the more I think about the Illuminati giant council, the more I think, no, that's probably not the case. I- I'm having a hard time even justifying it to myself at this point. Now, why they're hiding it, I don't know, but we would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that one. You know, I think we're kind of running out of time for my segment on doppelgangers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're, pr- we're probably going to have to push that into our Pillow Talk segment. What what were we originally going to talk about? That I'm trying to think of it. Like on doppelgangers? No, 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 no. I know what we're talking about on doppelgangers. What were we going to talk about in pillow talkers? Oh. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I remember. Oh, staircases yeah, in the staircase woods. Staircases. Then, you know what? That might be a good
1: idea for a future episode for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll don't worry. We'll talk about those still. But today, I guess we're going to talk about doppelgangers. Yes. yeah. Um, but don't forget, guys. Uh, leave comments. Leave reviews for what you guys think about today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Because I know we had a lot of fun doing this episode. Oh yeah, we, we that got a lot meatier than I, I thought know. it was going to. We were worried about whether or not we were going to be able to have enough just yeah. from the
0: giant story by itself. I, I really thought like all of it together, like including the doppelganger stuff, would maybe buy us forty-five <laughs> minutes. But we kind of found some meaty yeah. bits and really chewed on them. We did well. Well, that's the fun part about the paranormal—is it just you just get
1: going and you just start talking. So, all right, guys. Well, until next time, guys keep believing because we'll keep listening so
0: doppelgangers okay first let's talk a little bit about what doppelgangers are yeah because... what are doppelgangers okay uh they're not like shapeshifters or things like that and i know a lot of modern media makes it seem that way but they're more a specialized omen of death they originate primarily from english and german folklore and the idea is this you see your doppelganger And that foretells something horrible that's going to happen to you or happen around you. And if you see your doppelganger three times, it's an imminent prediction that you will soon die. So they're not Mystique from the X Men. They are not Mystique from the (laughs) X Men. For the most part, doppelgangers are predominantly non physical things. Actually, let's get into that for a little bit. For the most part, most people describe them as being more apparitional or like a psychic projection.